Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about time management for project managers with the help of special guests, John Vendafredo of Hogan Design and Construction in Geneva, Illinois. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host, Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey, everyone. Tim Fowler here, and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. Just once again, I'm going to tell you, keep sending your ideas in to me. Today's show is actually a response to a request uh, for this topic, and I really appreciate it. So uh, we do listen, we do pay attention, and uh, anything we can do, we'd love to do to help. So much to do, so little time. The cry of so many production professionals these days. So it feels like sales in most companies is soaring out of control. There's a handoff that occurs to production and boom, production is overwhelmed. And I had a listener in California just ask me to get somebody on that could help with this idea of time management for project managers. Or now these are my words, basically, how do you get it all done with so limited amount of time. As I suggested, sales is booming. Uh, We also run up against the fact that life is different now than it was even when I was in the field working. uh, It's just different. People want personal time now. Life is not about work, okay? It's about work, but it's also about leisure time. It's about family time. Um, And to top it all off, I think one of the other challenges that I have seen in my work with companies is that many, many project managers really have trouble saying no and and or, hey, boss, enough is enough. This is all I can handle for right now. And so the question comes up, how does a production manager control the time spent at work so that he or she is not overwhelmed and is also able to enjoy life at least just a little bit. So, Steve, let's go ahead and get going. All right. So, John Bendefredo has been interested in building since he received his first Fisher-Price tool set. Upon graduating high school, there was no question what field John would enter. John joined the Hogan Design and Construction team as a laborer, but his drive and eye for perfection helped develop him into the company's head trim carpenter. As the Hogan team grew, John's attention to detail led him to be promoted to a project manager and now senior project manager. John is a certified aging in place specialist and is a winner of the 2022 40 under 40 award. On a personal note, John is and his family currently live in a home that he built from the ground up in Batavia, Illinois. Welcome to the show, John. Hey, Tim and Steve. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm super excited. All right. So uh, I know we've had people from Hogan on several times and I know you've been on with us, but just refresh everybody's mind about Hogan Design Build. What what type of company is it? How big is the company and what types of jobs are you responsible for? So we're a general contractor, I would say, remodeling. Uh, We do new construction homes. We do commercial projects. We do remodels, kind of you name it, we do it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. 
Um, we've got about 20 employees. And uh, as Steve said, I'm the senior project manager. Um, yeah, so. So the, the job sizes range from mid like 200 to a million or so. Is that yeah, right? I mean, even not that's broader than that. I would say, I mean, we're doing, we'll do like a $15,000 deck refresh all the way up to, you know, a $2 million commercial project and everything in, in between. So, wow. Yeah. That's quite a range. And especially, uh, you know, just for a project manager usually is good at one range or another. So we'll, we'll get into that detail. Sure. So we're talking about time management and I guess let's just see if we can boil it down in your mind to like, what is the number one thing that you think of when you think of good time management? What do you, what kind of pops out as the, as the primary target here, I guess? Um, Well, it's funny you asked me that specific question because I I think it's something you actually taught me a long time ago that maybe you don't remember. Uh, (laughs) Prioritizing your time wisely. Uh, We all have a lot coming at us at once. And uh, at one point you told me about this kind of four box system where you've got urgent and not urgent and then important and not important and putting the different tasks every day that come at you in those boxes. Uh, can really help prioritize the time because we only have so much time and we always have more to do than we have time to do it. So knowing which box those go into, and I can kind of explain the boxes a little bit more. I mean, it'd be easier to show the the boxes. You know, if you picture four squares and the, the top two are urgent and not urgent, and then the side two are important and not important, your top left box is super important and super urgent things you need to do now, fire drills, um, things that need immediate attention. And then the bottom right corner would be not urgent and not important. So things that you can kind of push off and keep it on your list, but get to it when you get to it kind of things. And then the other two boxes are in between. So, yeah. So just for all the listeners, I believe Stephen Covey made that uh, popular and you can find it in um, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, but also probably online somewhere you can find that that quadrant and just see exactly what John's talking about. So if we can, John, let's can we break this down just a little bit? So we have really important, really urgent. What types of things do you face that you say fits into that priority box? I mean, it's really anything that was... I mean, it could be anything. I, I made a note here to say that I feel like I make everything urgent and important and, <laughs> and bite me sometimes because <laughs> right. I've been trained to hurry up and get stuff done. And so even if it's not important, if I have like a free minute, I'm making that my priority and, and okay. super important and super urgent. Um, but those things would be like, you know, if, a, if you kick off a sub at a job and, and, you know, they get into it and they run into something. That's okay. something that really does need immediate attention, even though they're not flooding the house or anything. Um, right. Really need immediate attention so you can keep them productive and moving, keep the job on track. You know, if you need to communicate cost to customer for changes or things like that, that, that needs an immediate attention. Okay, cool. And then the, the number two box is that really important, but not urgent. And I tend to kind of focus on that with time management. So I think for a project manager, what are some of those things that you see as 
really important, but they aren't. And I, I often look at it like it's not screaming in your ear. You know, it's not that thing that's going like, give me attention. But yeah. if you don't pay attention, it, it really ends up hurting you. What might be a couple of those things that you see for a project manager? I think the planning phase, like planning a project is so important, but it's not always necessarily super urgent. Um, we, we're allowed time to plan the job so that when the job does run, um, it can, we can follow the plan. So it's very important that you plan, but it's not super urgent. It's not like a fire drill. Like that's something you right. put to the next day if something comes up. Um, so just, so just in general, John, how much time do you spend planning? You say you, you're given time to do this. How much time do you spend in that pre-job planning? I mean, you can, if you can put it in the context of volume, that would help a little bit, but not necessarily. Just, just to kind of give the listeners an idea of, of the time that your company allots for you to do that. Yeah, every job's different. So, you know, the big jobs are going to require a lot more time in the planning phase and the smaller jobs won't take as much time, but we have kind of a planning checklist that the project managers have to follow. There's certain things you have to do on every job, no matter how big or small the job is. Um, and some of those things take longer than others, depending on the job size. So from the handoff to when we actually, uh, you know, turn the schedule online and have them start approving selections, it could be anywhere from like two weeks to a month. Um, you know, two weeks on a smaller job allows me to build a quick schedule, get all the selections populated, get all the documents uploaded, um, get any answers I need from design or the customer. And then those bigger jobs, it's going to take a bit longer um, to get everything populated and make sure, you know, everything is in place. So timeline, I would say, and it, again, it just depends on what fire drills are coming up. You know, if I've got a week full of, you know, people training and doing podcasts and, and all that stuff, you know, I got to yeah. push some stuff, but, um, but usually I can sit down with a plan sheet and, you know, four hours and check all the boxes. And then I know I have like some to do's that I need to get done, but it might push to the next week or whatnot. So yeah, I would say two to four weeks is, you know, a pretty good timeline as far as getting the job plan. So super important, but not necessarily super urgent. So two to four weeks of, of that time, you might spend about four hours intently planning the job. Yeah. Yeah. If I can dedicate that time, I mean, I'm pretty good about picking up where I left off if I got to get pulled on something, but I usually, right. on the days where I know I have to plan a job, I'll usually come in early. So I get two solid hours of not getting bothered. And then if, it, <laughs> if I can finish it between the second two hours, great. And if I have to bump that to the end of the day or whatnot. But yeah, usually eight, four hours gives me enough time to get through all the steps. Cause like I said, no matter how big or small the job, there's 40 things on the list that have to happen no matter what. So. Right. Right. Yeah. I always have thought in my working life that if I had like two hours or three hours when nobody else in the business was working, then I can get a lot done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Where, yeah. But it's when when you get all that interruption and stuff that yeah. it often no, slows. I, I find the hours from six to eight a.m. I cannot get interrupted, but there's also some contractors. I know I can call that earlier and right, get right. answers between yeah. that because if I call them between eight and five. I'm not getting a hold of them. They got their heads down. They're working. So I kind of right. use that time to, you know, manipulate some, some phone calls in there. So, so we, we, we talk a little bit about the pre-job planning. 
I mean, I did some time management training when I first moved into production management. One of those big points was daily planning. So I'm kind of wondering how you may allocate time for just kind of keeping up on the plan. In other words, it's one thing to plan the job out, but little things happen that change it. How do you take into account uh, changes that occur on a job and then I don't know, redirect your plan, I guess. I think the initial, that's why the initial planning is so important because if your initial plan is done properly and accurately, then thing, the things, you know, most things will run smoothly. So there's okay. a number of those fire drills. Okay. Um, I do categorize that as very important. Um, yeah. Like I said, I think, I think, uh, Things run smoothly, and then yeah, just it just makes fewer of the the fire drills. Yeah, that's really good because I I mean it is one of the questions that people have for me all the time is like like how come so much stuff just doesn't work right? And I think you hit one of the keys to it right on the head is being successful at that early that early planning. So now I know a, a lot of project managers that I talk to they have a lot of meetings they have to go to in the office. And I know you guys a little bit, and I know you have a lot, probably more than some other companies I work for. So how do you handle the time balance between being on site and managing trades on site? And uh, I don't want to say, well, you just go ahead and say it, dealing with all the meetings that, that have to occur uh, in a business. Yeah, our we have structured meetings. Uh, we use traction tools and and have L10 meetings. Um, so those are structured. They're on the same time, uh, same day, same time every week. I know I need to block that time out. Right. Uh, the, and then it just depends on like the customer meetings. Um, I try to make sure that when I do meet with customers, they're productive and efficient because you can meet with customers and talk about their weekend and then they talk about a few things, but then it's not, you're not getting to the point of the meeting. You're not getting what you need out of that meeting. So I try to make those meetings efficient. Um, and then just having good trustworthy subs on the job sites um, that, that you can kick them off and trust that they're going to, you know, do the job and do it right and come to you with the right questions that then frees up time because you don't have to be there as much. Um, I was going to touch on a little bit, but, uh, we do weekly daily logs to our customers, um, and it's templated. So it's, uh, you know, the first thing in the daily log every Friday, we'll put pictures in there. Uh, we spell out the work that was completed that week. Uh, we spell out the work that's scheduled for the next week. We list all the upcoming payments with the dollar amounts and the dates. So they know what to expect as far as when the payments are due. Uh, and then any change orders uh, that are due, and then also any issues that need to be resolved. So if I send that out on Friday, they they can see what happened this week. They see what's planned for next week. They know what payments are due. And then there's a couple issues that we need to resolve. When I go there to meet with them, those meetings are super efficient because we're we're getting right to the point. We're we're talking about the items that they want to discuss with me and the items I want to discuss with them. And so the meetings can be. If, if you can make your meetings more efficient um, and get what you need out of them, it frees up time, obviously. And, uh, and yes, there are a lot of meetings between internal meetings and, and customer meetings, but 
getting to the point of those meetings and making sure they stay on track is, is important. So before we leave the initial planning, uh, and I, I believe that uh, the four box thing is called the Eisenhower matrix, but are you um, guessing the time it'll, you, are you saying you guess the time it'll take for each of these different projects or different tasks that you have to do? Cause for me, sometimes it helps if I try to guesstimate, you know, this one thing I think will take me an hour uh, <laughs> and, and then fit in all. So is that a piece of, uh, cause you mentioned two to four hours for the pre-planning and is that a part of the, the matrix or you're really just trying to get the most important things in place for that? I think when you put the things in the different boxes, you can kind of assign yourself time limits for them. So you, you can kind of estimate how long some of the things in each box is going to take. And then you can jot down, you know, all right, I know I need to dedicate two hours to this, or I know I need to run over here and meet with this person and, and an hour, you know, I need an hour for that. But also putting time limits on meetings too is important. I usually will tell my customers, Hey, yeah, I'm coming over at noon. We're going to talk about this, this, and this, but I have a one meeting I have to get to. So they, they already know ahead of time, I need to be out of there. That's and then our level 10 meetings also have time limits and each person can only talk for a certain amount of time. So yeah, again, uh, making the meetings effective and, and making sure that um, the expectations there as far as when the meeting's going to end. Sorry. Yeah, I just want to comment too, that I think one of the big challenges is being sure it's effective for everybody in the meeting. Because I think sometimes business owners, production managers think the meeting is important, but the people that are there feel like it's a big waste of time. And so it has to be made important enough for everybody to focus on it. So uh, a book that I've read and I recommend to a lot of people is The One Minute Manager Meets the Monkey. And uh, one of the main things in that book is that for a good manager will delegate out responsibilities that they do not have to do. In other words, if you can get other people to do the job for you, then the manager can do better job at managing. So I'm just wondering, John, if you feel like there's some things that a good project manager can delegate out maybe to other employees or trades that are typically like the managers running here and running there and, and and doing that sort of thing. Is there anything like that that you feel like if they did a better job of delegating some of those tasks, maybe they have more time to actually manage? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I, Brad references that book all the time. And yeah. I read it. He, he says it's at least once a week. That's the easiest book. It's, it's a great book. It's my favorite book. It's an easy <laughs> read. Um, yeah. So I do need to read that book, but yeah, I mean, delegating, knowing who to give tasks to what to give, to those individuals and then giving them deadlines for the task, I think is super important because I'm not very good at delegating. I, I find myself wanting to just do it myself and get it done. I know it'll be done. the way <laughs> I want it. I've gotten a lot better. I mean, it is, I know it's not easy to do, but if you can find the right person to give a task to, and then uh, give them a, a realistic deadline for it, then it's kind of off your plate. Yes. You have to make a note to follow up to make sure it got done and then check it and all that, but it saves right. you so much time you know, yeah, I, I think uh, I think delegating is super important. It's just finding the right balance of what and and uh, yeah, just what to give. Anyway. Yeah, well, you made the comment about having trustworthy subs, and I thought that was a real key that said, in other words, if you give them the information and you know they can do the job, there isn't as much running around checking. 
you know, on the, I mean, let me just ask you this, for example, do you feel like you have to go or do you go to every job at the end of the day to make sure it's all cleaned up and everything, or do your, does your team do that for you? Uh, That's a tricky one with a little bit of both. I mean, when, when I have my field guys on a job, I, I do try to do that. Yes. But again, okay. sometimes there's just not enough time in a day to do it, depending on the location. Uh, when right. our in-house guys are on a job site, they do daily logs every day too. So that's super helpful. I'm able to see what they did. I'm able to see pictures. Uh, usually I'll check in with the customer and, and let them know what's going on the next day, who's going to be there. Um, and when the subs are there, I think if they're going to be there for more than one day, um, I probably won't check in after the end of that first day, but definitely go when they're kind of wrapping stuff up. I think it makes yeah. sense to see it when they're done, but, um, but yeah, having trustworthy subs and then just seeing the updates from the guys. And even if you think of it on your way home, call the sub that was there. Hey, how'd it go today? Any, any hiccups yeah. or any, did the customer talk to you? Cause that'll happen too. the customer will, you know, <laughs> tell the sub something and then they don't tell you and then there's miscommunication. So yeah, it's, it's important to be in communication with the subs and the customers, but yeah, you can eliminate having to stop by a job just by having trustworthy subs, having guys that do daily logs and yeah. Yeah. So I'm hearing occasionally that companies are actually having their trades do logs as well. If you're on one of my job sites, take five pictures log them into Builder Trend or Co-Constructor, whichever one you're using. And then I can see what, what was done that day. So that's a, another idea that maybe to keep you and a project manager from having to run out to the job to make sure things are going well, just have your trades also help out with logs and, and stuff like that. So really, really cool. So you've answered a lot of the questions that I had. I, I thought the idea about, um, you know, the clients and the weekly meetings, I, I really love that idea of the, the, the uh, log to them saying, here's all that sort of mishmash of information, but here's the three things I want to talk to you about. And I think that can really help in terms of a good, you know, a good meeting with the client on a regular basis. So, all right. So, I guess what I'd like to just ask is like any other like little bits of advice you'd give to a, either a new project manager or even a, a, you know, an experienced project manager on how to manage their time. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of just a recap of what we talked about. I would say plan well, prioritize, be organized and (laughs) delegate and then do what it takes to get the job done. Um, the more practice, uh, the easier it will get, you know, I mean, the more you do it, the, the easier it's going to get, but yeah. So prioritizing using the boxes, um, making sure your planning is done well and, and clearly and effectively, uh, being organized is super important because if you've just got stuff scattered, all it's hard to keep track of everything. And so well, give us John, John, give us a little bit about how, how do you organize all the information? How do you organize yourself so that you can be, uh, productive? Is there a, is there a way that you do that? I mean, it's, it really comes down to the planning. Like when you plan it, everything's kind of organized, but I'm also, I wouldn't say I'm OCD, but I'm like maybe borderline with the work stuff because I have control over that. Some of the stuff at home, I, I lose control of with the kids and everything. But but at work, yeah, my desk is clean. It's organized. I, I file things the right way. I use my computer to file a lot of stuff so I know where everything is. And that can make you more efficient and free up time. Like you're not spending, 
even five minutes looking for something, do that, you know, a couple times a day, five days a week, it, it adds up, you know? So being yeah. organized and knowing where stuff is and knowing how to get information. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. I, you know, there's going to come a day, John, when saying I'm OCD is not a bad thing. Everybody's going to go like, Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. So, yeah. yeah so, uh, John, if you look back, so I mean, I think the prioritizing is one of the biggest ones. And for me, what helps me is a lot of times the things I want to do the least I try to do in the morning. But, you know, priority is the key. But like you mentioned, Tim kind of brought the, uh, the four box matrix showed you um, what would have been the biggest changes you've seen from adopting a more organized prioritizing approach of time management. I mean, obviously you have more time to do things, but some people can misuse their additional time. So what's, <laughs> what's the biggest change you've seen? Well, like I said, I, I used to, and I still kind of do sometimes as I make everything urgent and important. So it's helped me actually move some things into some of the different boxes. So not only, yes, does it free up some of my time uh, to, you know, for my family. And so I don't have to stay super late all the time, but it also opens me up to managing more jobs. And the more jobs I can manage, the more revenue, the more bonuses, the more everything that benefits the whole company. So yeah. using boxes, man, you know, prioritizing things, uh, no, and then just knowing like having deadlines on things and, and really setting that time aside. It's not easy to set time aside. We have those weekly meetings and someone's always getting up to take a phone call or someone always has to, it's like, if you can just dedicate that time, as hard as it is, like I said, those couple of hours before eight o'clock are great. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it, it is challenging, but I think if you can move them into the right boxes, it opens up that time to allow you time for, what I, like I said, take more jobs on or spend more time with family or whatever. So, yeah. So we're going to wrap up here, John. And I know the listeners are, are just sitting there going like, Tim, you got to ask him like, how many jobs does he run at one time? And so I'm going to, you know, just in not, not being prepared, not, you know, that, you know, light fixture hanging out at the end, but active jobs, how many do you have on your plate? You know, at it, not maybe not even just right now, but as a general average, how many jobs do you have going? Generally, the five project managers at Hogan are managing anywhere from seven to nine jobs. And I okay. think it's more of, I think it should be more costs, like we're managing a dollar amount than jobs, but it always ends up being jobs. So right now I'm managing nine and that's a combination of, you know, three in planning, three in production and three in punch list. Okay. About two and a half million worth. That's, that's pretty much fluctuating. Um, give or take a little bit. Cause I managed some bigger jobs. Right. Um, but yeah, seven to nine is a, is a comfortable range for us. It gives us time to plan, which we can put in that not urgent, but, but important. And then the jobs that are in production are typically urgent and important or urgent <laughs> not important. So right. they kind of move into the different boxes, but yeah, seven to nine. And um, yeah. Well, this has been fantastic. And I, I hope the listener from California that asked us to have this on gets a lot out of it. I always get stuff out of these podcasts, John, and I appreciate your insights with this. And I look forward to having you back on in the future for some other topics. Thank you. Yeah, sounds good. Are you, you're not going to ask me about the one little nugget? You always ask <laughs> nugget. 
<laughs> well, give me a nugget then. <laughs> it's something I didn't really touch on, but I think it is also very important is uh, build, building the relationships with the people you work with, the subs, the employees, the vendors okay. uh, will make them want to help you. So for a new, you know, a new project manager, building those relationships, no matter what your experience is, earning their respect, building the relationships, they'll want to help you. And I think that will be uh, super helpful. Yeah. And the reason we call it the nugget, because that's gold right there. And I'm glad you, I'm glad you pulled me back in and said, let me give you the nugget because that is gold. That's a a great stuff right there. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, John. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Tim. All right. Take take care. care. Tim, this is a subject near and dear to my heart. I battle with it all the time, let it be organization, prioritization, uh, but time management is key and it's, uh, you know, it's make or break for project managers for sure. Important topic. Yeah, it's really, really key. And we were kind of joking there a little bit at the end about that being the nugget. But if you go back and listen to the whole conversation, what John was telling us was the more you can get people to help you through this thing, the better off you're going to be. And I know many project managers have trouble letting go of something so somebody else can do it and or listening to and working uh, with other people. And again, I, you know, the, the thing about planning is huge for me. Everybody that's ever heard me speak about it, talk about it, planning is one of the biggest things. And I was really, really good to hear this insight from John about if you do a good job planning up front, it reduces the number of times that things shift around on the job. And I know they have the same challenges everybody else has around us nowadays in terms of things moving around. But the idea that taking enough time up front to plan uh, is just a real key thing for me in terms of the time management. Yeah. And, you know, the uh, that last piece, the well, the first piece we talked about, the Eisenhower matrix, that one is just clearly can make a huge change right away. And then yeah. how you build onto that is is something else. But just being able to put everything down in front of you in terms of a priority is it was a big change for me. Yeah, I think the one thing that I've learned out of that over the years is just that if you're like if you're neck deep in planning and, you know, like that would be classified as a two in the metric in the matrix, it on the only thing that interrupts that, that takes your time from that truly is that number one firefight that you have to get involved in. Otherwise, It's just those other threes and fours just pull you away from planning. Then you mess up the planning and you're not doing the thing that's going to help you the most. And so learning how to very quickly prioritize your task and say, oh, I'm not going to get distracted by that because what I'm doing right now is more important than that. I think that's a huge part of that that matrix. That was a big part of the the show is is you asking John how you deal with the fires and he said the pre-planning eliminates yeah. a lot of the fires so yeah that's, yeah that's a big part of it well again we want to thank John Vendafredo for joining us today and we always want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Tim Fowler show and remember at the Tim Fowler show we're working hard to eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary this has been another episode of the Tim Fowler show 
Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.